You're listening to a real piece of work. (laughs) I probably shouldn't say it that way. You're listening to a real piece of work, a jobs podcast for aspiring professionals brought to you by WVIK, Quad Cities NPR, and Junior Achievement of the Heartland. Now here's your hosts, Matt and Joy. Joy, how are you today? Matt, I am doing really well today, and I know I say this every time, I'm really excited for our episode today. <laughs> I think I get excited for different reasons, though. And the, what, the reason I'm excited today is because uh, recently, uh, I'm not sure if um, Abby or Jake, our guests that are, you're going to hear from here shortly, if they know, but our I-74 bridge here in the Quad Cities, we just had a, a new one that was built, took several years. And just this past Sunday, a portion of the old I-74 bridge uh, was taken down. And for me, you know, thinking about architecture and the things that go into, um, obviously this is a bridge and and, and the external pieces of um, architecture, but there's so much more than that. There's meaning behind it. There's the minds of of how it all works and stays together. And so I get excited today because talking to the two of you and just your role, obviously, you know, maybe not be bridge building or or, or bridge architecture, mind you, but um, I'm excited to hear what it takes, what what it's like to to be in that frame of mind. And so I think for me, that is, uh, that's what I'm excited about today. Matt, how about you? How are you doing? Well, this is one of those fortunate episodes where my full-time job gets in the way of my uh, podcast uh, side hustle. And it's pretty cool that, uh, ironically, just last week, yeah, just last week, I attended a groundbreaking for a medical office building in Muscatine, Iowa, that's going to make kind of a bit of a game changer for that community. What do you know? Oh, Russell gets the opportunity and privilege to work alongside Envision Architects on a new medical office building. It's really going to make a big impact on the community. So it's cool when my my worlds collide a little bit, and I'd love to even hear Fabi and or Jake uh, might even have some participation there. But all that being said, welcome to A Real Piece of Work, Abby Huppenbauer and Jake Larson from Envision Architects. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Of course. Well, if you don't mind, like... Abby and Jake, you work at Envision Architects. If I'm not mistaken, you both actually are specializing in the interior design of this of, of our business. But could you tell us what it means to work for Envision and what it means to be an architect or work in an architectural firm? And then very specifically, what you both do for the company? Sure. Jake, I'll start. So our interior staff here at Envision are a little bit different than I think what people think about when they think about interior design. A lot of people think that interior designers just pick out paint colors and carpet, and we do that, and we love to do that. That is a big portion why we went to school. Um, But our interior staff is a little bit more unique in the sense that we are... um, able to touch all facets of architecture. So we are really involved in everything from the beginning processes, um, like meeting with clients and talking to them about what their needs are and what their expectations are for their projects, all the way to um, implementation, which is at a construction administration level, um, and really everything in between. Um, So we get involved in a lot of the details, and I would say probably 20% of what we do, Jake, maybe there's a better percentage, but 20% of what we do are finished selections and, you know, picking out pretty colors. Right. No, exactly. I I would say it's a, 
it, it's probably what most intrigued a lot of people to get into the field, but but really it it becomes a a, a much more complex puzzle that we we put together. And, and I always like to 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 start with what, what we do is truly uh, the the human relationship of of design. We we are the ones that are are touching the skyline of people's hearts is really what I like to say. Uh, and that, and that's really what the interior design field and the way that we interface with, with architects, with all of our consultants, it, it really is truly uh, to create this multifaceted uh, structure that people are going to dwell in, be in, and also experience. But again, we like to paint the skyline of people's hearts. I love that. I really do. Um, I typically like to ask the next question and asking what a typical day looks like. But as you both were talking, I'm very curious, especially since we have a lot of junior high and high school students that we're targeting for this podcast. Um, you know, when or how was it that you knew this was the profession you wanted to get into? You know, was well, there a defining moment? Was there a person, you know, and, and is and is what you're doing now what you thought you would be doing when you decided that you wanted to go into this profession? Yeah, so ironically, Jake and I come from a very similar background, but have somewhat different stories. We actually graduated from the same high school, um, and I am much older than Jake, um, but we participated in a wonderful school-to-work program where we um, went to school for a portion of the day, and then in the afternoons, we actually went to a local um, architecture firm for myself. Jake has a little bit of a different story that he'll explain here in a minute. Um, but I went to school for the morning and then in the afternoon, I went and I worked with interior designers at a local architecture firm. And that experience really solidified that I wanted to become an interior designer. And um, participating in a program like that was so invaluable. Um, it was just, um, really incredible to be able to decide what I wanted to do in high school and then go after it in college. I know that um, a lot of students leave high school not knowing what they want to do. And sometimes you get to your junior year in college and you still don't know what to do. So I'm very thankful for that opportunity that our school offered. Um, I wish more schools would offer that. Um, I think I would say that high school students who might know what they want to do if your school doesn't offer a program like that. Um, to go job shadow people would be a similar experience. Um, I'll let Jake, so I kind of already already knew what I wanted to do when I went to college and when I was 17 or 18 years old, Jake took a little bit of a different path. So now you're, so you're truly living your dream then. Your typical days and your days are exactly what you thought and wanted them to be then. Yeah, that's, that's accurate, Joy. Um, and it's evolved wonderfully too. Like it's not completely the same that I thought it would be. Um, obviously this industry changes so often. And so everything um, is new depending on what's going on in, in the industry um, as, you know, things change and evolve. And um, it's just a continuing evolving career. That's been really wonderful. And for me, my journey really started from probably eight months when I was able to talk, I think my first word was ever why I, I'm sure there's plenty of people around the office that just get sick of me saying why all the time. Uh, but that really truly fostered from when I was tiny, um, which I'm a 6'10 individual. So I was, I was never really tiny, but there, uh, the, the, really the foundation was why. 
And I, I started asking the question all the way through high school, why? Like, why do I want to do that? And, and it, I, I loved building blocks. I loved Legos, Lincoln Logs, loved all of the, the hands-on experiences that, that truly came with, with function and, and with my passion of, of building things. And when I started to get into kind of the freshman year, I took quite a few different advanced courses that were offered at our high school for uh, a variety of building and uh, kind of STEM based uh, programs. And I really thought architecture, architecture is really just hitting my fancy. I, this is just really uh, near and dear to my heart. And I want to try out what this is. I want to continue to ask why in this profession. So I actually was able, again, through the school to work program, I actually interned here at Envision uh, within the same company. Uh, it was seven years ago. I came here and did an entire year's worth of uh, school to work and did again, school in the morning, came here in the afternoon and got hands-on experience. I sat next to one of the most skilled designers that I know uh, in our profession here in the Midwest. And, and I sat next to her for the entire, yeah, pretty much the entire year. And I was, I was transitioned into really speaking to to the actual human experience there in architecture you're you're building the entire building but you're also building it from a facade and from the experience of an exterior um from what that um looks like from from outside on the street and and really i wanted to focus on what that human experience is from the inside out as well as the outside in which envision was awesome you were able to do it all uh we don't really pigeonhole people into you just get to select the finishes. You just select the exterior. We are very uh, hands-on in, in, in interacting both. Um, so that was one thing that really struck me about uh, Envision is that, wow, we can really do it all. But you do have a specialty from school that you, that you dive into. And, and the interiors is actually something that I switched to after my freshman year of college, thanks to this experience. I was going, oh, gung-ho architecture. And then I was like, no, Maybe I do really want to. I really do want to touch uh, the human experience on the interior, and, and that's kind of how my story evolved to to now. Love those answers, and I appreciate hearing some of the uh, past, the past, and the classes that you took. Maybe even from a technical perspective, it allowed you to get where you're at. What I would ask you to do, and keeping in mind that our tar target audience typically is high school students, maybe even a little younger, uh, we always like to involve a student uh, in our interviews. So we've got a young student by the name of Ben Ellerbach from Dubuque Hempstead High School who has a question. And what I would pose to both of you, even though you've talked about kind of this intern type experience you had during high school, what else, like what else now that you're in your profession, are there other classes potentially as Ben poses your qu a question to you that you might've, uh, you might think might be helpful as you enter into this profession. So Ben Ellerbach from Dubuque Hempstead High School. Hi, my name is Ben Ellerbach. I'm a freshman at Hempstead High School in Dubuque. What kind of classes should I take for in high school for a career in architecture? Well, I can go ahead and take this first. One class that I wish I would have taken uh, and I think would have been a tremendous help, especially transitioning into to post-secondary school and then also in the career, is, is any art studio that you can take. Uh, really learning to to be able to hand draft, to be able to quickly sketch your idea, get whatever's happening up in your brain out onto paper is, is truly a life skill within this profession. You have to be able to, con 
to convey your ideas to other like-minded professionals as well as your clients. Um, but truly the only way to quickly iterate uh, all of the ideas that we do is to draw it. And computer software has come a long ways, but nothing quite beats the pen and paper. So really art school, any sort of art class would have been would have been something I wish I would have dove into more rather than just doing one or two off the surface. Yeah, and I will tail on to what Jake said. You know, some people may think that they're not good at sketching, but we believe that it you just need to do it more and you get better at it. Um, so Jake is so right that putting pen to paper to illustrate what you're trying to um, tell a client is so impactful. A lot of people aren't able to think two-dimensionally. Um, so, of course, taking drafting classes, if your high school offers that, is wonderful. And that is the big portion of what we do. Um, but being able to three-dimensionally illustrate an idea is pretty critical in our profession. I'll also say that, and I don't think this is actually going to be a favorable recommendation, or at least it wasn't for me in high school. But as I really got into my career, I realized how often we do public speaking. <laughs> and it was something that I was terrified to do specifically in high school. Um, and of course, there was a speech class that everyone had to take. But then you go to college and you take all these wonderful creative ideas that you have in your brain and that you're able to illustrate three-dimensionally. But then you also have to explain it and you have to talk about the why behind your design. And that is pretty critical to what you have to do um, in real life as well. You need to explain to your client why this is the right design solution for them and why they're going to spend their money on this design solution and why they're going to pay you. So being able to effectively communicate verbally, also by drawing, um, I think are two really important pathways that you could start to explore in high school. Abby, I am so, I love both of those. Um, art makes me want to go out and learn some, take some sketching classes, to be honest. Um, I love art myself, but you, know, you talked about public speaking and I think, you know, I have two boys who are 11 and 13 and regardless of what path they choose, you know, to go, as you mentioned, in every job, it's the, the communication piece and the public speaking piece. You never know when that's kind of going to come into play. So I just hope that any of our kids who are listening in or even the parents and adults, just, in, you know, encouraging that, that piece, because as you mentioned, it's not something you probably ever thought about going into this profession or any profession, but the amount of time that you actually do use that is, um, is pretty important. So thanks for highlighting that yourself too. And, you know, you mentioned the pay piece and the getting paid piece and some of the kind of sneak into, you know, we've got these kiddos listening in. I shouldn't call them kids, but thinking about their careers, um, you know, can, can someone in your profession make a decent amount of money and decent living? You know, what, what do they have to look forward to if they choose to go down that path of, um, you know, interior design or architecture in general? Sure. So I think what's important to know about the interior design world is that there's a lot of different avenues you can pursue when you get an interior design degree, um, specifically at the collegiate level. Um, it can be everything from working um, with a residential builder to working for a commercial firm like Jake and I do. Um, you could be in sales. You can work at a furniture dealership. There are a handful of really great paths that you can take. All of those paths will take you, of course, to different salaries. Um, out of school, you know, a commercial interior designer, I think in this day and age is probably making anywhere from 
Jake, I feel it's safe to say like fifty to sixty thousand dollars right out of college. Yeah. It was much less, you know, when I came out of college. <laughs> um, but within the commercial um, firm specifically, you know, interior designers, especially if you work for an interior design firm, for example, um, you could potentially get up to a partner level, which of course is you know six figures plus. Um, if you work in sales, that's very achievable as well. Um, so the possibilities are really endless. Uh, it's really about who you work for, what what you're trying to achieve. Um, what's nice is that if you decide that, let's say you get out of college and you don't like the residential field, you can go try something different uh, with the same degree, which is really wonderful. And it um, gives a lot of variability for the longevity of your career. So... It- Knowing enough about our industry, you're both interior designers and architectural firm. What other types of disciplines uh, does your firm have within your walls? Like what other professions and disciplines are uh, you providing to your clients in, in-house? Yeah, that's a really good one. We, we as, as Envision, currently we house graphic designers. We've got marketing folks. We've got our administrative team, uh, which does awesome work for us in administrative-wise, HR, um, as well as within the design community. We've got our architects. We've got um, construction coordinators. We've got um, project managers. And then we've also got interior designers. So we really do house a lot under this one roof. And, and does your firm, you get hired out of school, are you done with your education? Or is there other accreditations that you're pursuing? Is there mentorship opportunities that you get to pursue? I'm going to toot Jake's horn because he just accomplished a really great certification. Yeah. So outside of school, once you once you graduate, depending on the degree and, and where you are experience-wise, once you've gotten a couple years under your belt, uh, there are many different pathways depending on, again, what your degree is. But I, in the interior design field, we do have a licensing and accreditation program for, for post-graduation uh, exams. Um, and we do have uh, a certification for that that I just achieved this past week, uh, took exams back in April. So uh, yeah, there are plenty of different accreditations you could do all the way from from kind of your niche specific uh, post-graduation degree type uh, certifications, as well as sustainability uh, guidelines and, and a multitude of others uh, that are out there to be certified in. Yeah, and I'll add on to that about why some of those things are so important, especially in the interior design industry. Um we believe our interior design staff believes that when we're working as closely along architects, um, we hold ourselves up to a certain standard when it comes to life safety and just the overall well-being of the end users. And so by getting, um, you know, certifications or um, being registered within the state of Iowa, like Jake and I are, um, it just means that you um, have the education and the background and that you're essentially responsible um, for kind of the the end user and their overall well-being when it comes to your design. Um, Registration within states isn't um, required or isn't identified in all 50 states. That's something that is specific to Iowa. Um, There are a handful of other states that have the same um, registration process. So we're pretty proud of that. Um, But yeah, there's... uh, there's a lot of different avenues that you can get for certifications. And then of course, with that comes continuing education to withhold and, and excuse me, uphold um, that certification. 
this isn't a question I usually ask, but because it's this profession and I like to dream a bit, um, do either of you have any like dream projects or, or, you know, dream things that you'd like to work on when it comes to your job that you, when you enter the world or as you've worked on different things, you thought, oh, I can't wait until I'm a part of designing this or, you know, something that you're really look, looking forward to as you um, look into your future. I know I, I have, caught you off guard with that one. <laughs> no, I I have favorite project types that I like to work on, but I think what's most important is that we like to find joy and all of our projects that we have on board. So whether that is like a K through 12 school, um, finding the why and um, ensuring that your end users are completely happy with the product, I think is the best part of the job. Um, it could be something as simple as a back of house uh, cafeteria remodel and just seeing how you can transform that space and truly make the users um, that are ultimately going to be in that space happier and make their lives better is the best part of the job. That being said, I love working on hotels, restaurants, you know, getting really creative with spaces like those. For, for me, it, it really, it really boils down to um, every project that we're currently working on uh, you got to find joy in what you're doing, uh, especially from from day to day. If you're if you're not loving what you do, um, then then you got to move on and find something new. So I mean, every project uh, there's always something new and creative. For me, I'm a lifelong learner, as as everybody in in really post secondary, you got to be a lifelong learner. Um, so learning from from our current projects that we're working on, there's always some complex detail. Uh, that there is something to take away from. And then the mentorship that you've got within a, a great firm, especially like Envision, you've got uh, just a multitude of different learning opportunities that come with each and every project. Uh, but for me, I really, right out of college, I went and, and designed airports and airport lounges. And that was really something that that sparked my fancy right away. Uh, it was definitely something that that was the top of my bucket list post-graduation. And, and I was really glad I did it. But again, every single project has got a multitude of of different uh skills that you can gain from them joy i love that question did not anticipate that but that's an awesome one to throw at a you know a couple individuals working in an architectural firm so any other burning questions you have joy otherwise i might go to our typical wrap up here well you know me i could probably talk for another hour but i think uh for for this episode i think i've got a lot of really good ones answered so yeah i agree but well abby and jake uh what we do like to typically close with is no, if you could just pause for a moment and look at your 16 year old self. No, what would you potentially tell yourself to stop doing, keep doing, or start doing to help ensure that maybe you're just a little happier, even more successful as you launch into a career that you're pursuing? I think I would have told my 16 year old self to look at every opportunity, every, I'm going to say crappy job that I took in high school as a way to better myself and become a happier working individual. Um, everything from working at a local grocery store and selling samples and being the sample girl taught me some selling skills that I have utilized in my career quite often. In college, I worked for a clothing store and did visual displays. That obviously has a lot to do um, with what I do in my career now. Um, so even though you think that you're, you know, working a minimum wage job to make some extra cash, maybe save for college, look at that as a, an opportunity to um, become a, a better 
more well-rounded employee um, and just improve your overall career. For me, I'd tell my 16-year-old self to to really don't just sweat the small stuff. It, it's it's so little. Uh, really think about think about the bigger picture. Uh, in in every situation, you can always look to to see what what opportunity are you getting out of of what your current situation is. Uh, sometimes it's helping the person that's right next to you, and it may not be the easiest thing to do, but it, it is the right thing to do. And you never know what opportunity is going to come out of that. Uh, again, this this entire field, really life in general, is all about your connections and about your networking. And if I would have told my 16-year-old self to never, never write anybody off, take everybody uh, at face value, and, and really just try to gain that genuine connection with everyone you meet, that would have been number one that I would have told, told myself. And, and every student should hopefully to take away from that. You, really, you never know who you're going to meet and, and who they know and, and how that can build your network and really how it can help you develop as a person. Says a guy who interned for an architecture firm and got rehired from them, what, five years later? Good hey, point, I'm not Jake. Say, I'm not saying it's a thing, but it's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am so glad on that note that all of us have been connected today and, uh, and, and continue to stay connected. I'm excited to see what work you do down the line, to see your name, to see the projects that you both um, work on as well. So, so thank you. Thank you for your time today. Yeah, it was really great meeting you both. Yeah, thank you. you what is it are, you like to say, Matt? You like to say, you yes, really are a real piece of work, both of you. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, once again, thank you. You always seem to find like the perfect people for this episode. And when I say perfect, I mean the ones that really spell it out for, for these teenagers that I hope are listening and tuning in to really give a clear and precise picture. Um, curious for you what your maybe top takeaways are, and I'll I'll let you go first and I'll share mine. Well, you know, you got to know your audience and sometimes you have to ask the question, uh, what do they, what do they want? And so this is actually, this is a trickle down from asking an educator, what are high school students interested in, in terms of career paths and architecture was one of them. So I was happy that we were able to find some individuals that are relatively young that uh, have been through what the high schoolers are doing right now and could give them some advice. And one of the best things I heard tonight was, or excuse me, I heard during this interview was Jake's comment about touching the skyline, the skyline of people's hearts. And uh, I've been in this industry for a little over 20 years, and I uh, feel fortunate when I say that I have this tiny little pinky print on skylines from time to time in terms of the projects that I've been involved with. Jake just puts a spin on it and brought it inside the building versus I'm looking at maybe the exterior skylines, which is kind of fun to be involved with. So Real cool to hear him say that. How about you? I just, I think it's so fascinating and interesting, all these careers as we talk, and especially these two. You know, a lot of times we've we've talked to individuals who it's taken them years and different career moves and changes to really find where their niche is and where their heart is. And for these two so early on, to know what they wanted to do and to follow that. And honestly, that that their community and their high school provided an opportunity for them to really dig in and find that. And so I hope whether it's this podcast that maybe helps reach one of these two or three of these kids if we don't have those programs, but um, I really love that piece of it. But then it's just also about the connections and the networking. You know, mm. people say it over and over again. It's a, it's a repetitive topic that comes up. But I think for me, it's 
just helping the kids understand that, you know, get out there. Don't pass up an opportunity to go to a dinner or a banquet or a networking event because you just, you don't know who you're going to meet. You don't know you're going to run into and have that conversation with that may spark something. So spot on. Well, Joy, it's always been a pleasure. Looking forward to our next one as always.